Welcome to Pierce the Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando. And we're on episode 244, another update episode. Yeah. Breaking out the updates. We are. And there's a few reasons for this. So it's on me. It's because of me. I'm just going to take the blame for it. Now, we love our theme episodes. We especially love the hustle of the week that we get to share of all of our listeners. The unfortunate thing is those episodes take a lot more time for me to plan and put together because, you know, we want to get information right. We don't want to just, you know, just sit down and just just talk, even though it looks like it's organic. I mean, there's some planning that goes into these episodes. Well, you know, Orlando plans. I just no, 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 no. But but Mike and I talk about stuff anyway. So we'll be back to our theme episodes next week. Uh, I just, you know, if you guys have been following us on social media. And notice that I haven't been posting lately is because I planned a vacation before I moved. And so I had to basically drop everything and just take off, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It was a great time, uh, but we're really grateful. But before we get moving, hey, we got something going on this Wednesday. Yeah, well, today. So the day that this oh, is dropping. Right. <laughs> we're recording um, ready for Wednesday. Sorry. Yeah. So um, if you're listening to this and you are a Buy Me a Coffee member, so if you're a part of our coffee club for Pure Hustle Podcast, then today at 5 p.m., if you're listening to this before 5 p.m., Pacific, uh, Standard, Pacific Time. Standard Time, that's right. Uh, we are doing our first Buy Me a Coffee, Coffee Club hangout. And it's just going to be a Zoom call, super informal. Uh, and it's just a way for us to kind of connect with the people who are supporting us. They're, they're putting in a little bit of sacrifice to, uh, to, to actually support what it is we're doing. We appreciate all of you, all of you that listen and, and watch our, our videos. You're all supporters. Uh, but those of you who are financially supporting us, we want to give you a little bit something extra. So this isn't going to be an extra episode or anything like that. But it's just a way for us to get together, chat, see how things are going with you, bounce some ideas off of each other. If you've got questions, you could ask us. We'll probably be asking some questions of you. Uh, and it's just a way for us to kind of refine this group. And who knows, maybe if it goes well, uh, we'll continue doing these and improve them and, and kind of make like a, a tight knit community uh, because that we find that that's super helpful in the reselling world is having a good community of people together, working together. And uh, yeah, so we're super excited about that. Yeah. So if you haven't signed up yet, it's buymeupcoffee.com slash pure hustle. There is a link below and uh, you could do just, you know, just say, hey, thank you so much for the episode. Here's a coffee. It's $5. Or you could sign up for monthly or yearly, whatever works for you. And again, like Mike and I, I've always said our content is always 100% free. This is just a way for you guys to you know, just say, hey, thank you so much for, for helping and, and putting out content and also to become part of the community if you're able to be a, a member where we can just, you know, interact for now, once a month, and then we'll see where we go from there. But we're grateful because many of you have been with buymeacoffee.com since we started. It's been about six, seven months now, right? And so we really appreciate that. And we are thankful for your continued support. Again, that's buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Also, uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel yeah. yet and hit that bell notification and smash that like button. Thankful for our YouTube numbers going up. Our podcast numbers keep going up. All right. We, our listeners keep growing, but it's also nice uh, when we see, have it on the YouTube side, uh, you know, because I will say, you know, YouTube, when, when things come up on the recommended, right? And usually it's people that have like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 K subscribers that are resellers. And we're not there yet because we kind of, we started differently. I, I think if Mike and I started doing YouTube right away with like doing, you know, haul videos and thrifting and garage sales, we probably would be at that place, but we wanted to focus on podcast. That's the name of what we are, Pure Podcast. And so it's taking us a little bit. So we're grateful for many of you have jumped over from the podcast side onto YouTube side to help us grow our YouTube. That's right. 
All right, so what's been going on with you? I got plenty to say, but I want to yeah. hear what's going on with you. Uh, no, so it's been a, actually kind of a busy week for me. Um, it, I had a four-day weekend, which is super nice. nice. My school district, um, we're getting really close to the end of the school year, so we're wrapping things up. Uh, but we had Friday and Monday off for Memorial Day. So f- nice four-day weekend. And originally, my plan was to do some sourcing. Uh, but this coming weekend, I've got a lot going on. So we have our baby shower for little baby Titus, who's going to be on his way here in August. So crazy how fast the time is flying. It went really fast. I feel like I was just announcing it on the podcast a couple of days ago. So we've got a baby shower coming up. So we're trying to get things prepared for that. We've got family coming in. And then also uh, the day after the baby shower, uh, a good friend of mine is getting married. So trying to like kind of prep with that. I'm going to help with some recording for things. So it's, I, I haven't had as much time to do sourcing. So we kind of decided let's get stuff done around the house. Let's get things ready. And then let's take a bunch of pictures. We've done a lot of listing and things like that. So we're still moving forward on that. Uh, one nice thing is we did go, my wife and I and my son, we went to uh, a thrift store and we kind of did like a family thrift. And it's been a while since we've done that. In fact, I think the last time we went together as a family was over the summer last summer when we went on our road trip. And a couple of bummers. I mean, we got there and uh, there's going to be a video of that that haul coming pretty soon in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but we got there and we were anticipating that clothing was all going to be 50% off. Uh, and it was except for the good stuff. Yeah, the white tag <laughs> clothing, right? So like there's specific ones that like didn't count, but we didn't realize that until we had our cart full of things. And then we got up to pretty much go check out and then we realized, oh, this isn't on sale. This isn't on sale. So then we had to go through and say, okay, what's worth buying at full price and not 50%. So we had to put a bunch of things back, uh, which is a bit of a bummer because it's that high and low of like, all right, we got some good stuff and oh, we got to put a bunch of this stuff back. Because sometimes something's worth it if you can get it at 50% off, but at full price, the ROI just isn't quite there to to make the, the purchase worth it. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's definitely worth paying up. Uh, but it was fun because my son was involved and he got to you know, it's always a little bit like, oh, I don't like him touching toys at thrift stores sometimes because they can be pretty gross. Uh, but he picked up a guitar. He started off by picking up like a little Barbie guitar and it had like a headset and he's like playing it like as we're we're riding along. It's like an electric one. And I'm like, I'm not getting him a Barbie guitar. Like, but he had fun with it. And then we went back to the toy section and he found like just like a white guitar. Um, and so we bought that for him, but there was no batteries. We got home. We told him we'll put batteries in and we get home and it didn't work. So I felt bad for him. Um, Sorry, It's all right. But you know, we went, um, we we had to drive quite a ways to get there, but then we went and had dinner afterwards. And the way I look at it is we made pretty good profit, you know, not as much as I would have liked, uh, but definitely covered the cost of dinner, the cost of gas, plus a little bit extra. And it was a family outing, right? So it's still a win when you can do things like that. And we also got there like right when it was about to close. We didn't think it was going to close as early, but it like closed like six or six thirty or something. And so we only had a half hour in the store, mm. which is another bummer. If we would have known, we would have got out a little bit earlier. So I guess the uh, takeaway from this is do your research to know what's actually on sale and uh, know when the store is closing. Because when you drive, you know, 45 minutes to get somewhere and you only have a half hour in the store, it's a bit of a bummer. No, I get, I get it. I get it. And and I've been to that store and I've had that happen to me where I forgot what time it closed and then you just got to, we just got to move quick. So, so, so I get that. All right. But Hey, you still scored in. Yeah. That's the thing. Always research because even though it's full price, some stuff is money. I've picked up stuff at full price on, you know, where usually what I find is the good stuff is the full price stuff. So I, I usually try to pick up half price stuff. And again, there's not many stores out here in San Diego that do that. Uh, but you know, I always would say go, I always go to the full price. And then after I go to the half price, because 
you just never know what you're going to find. Plus, you know that the half price stuff's probably been picked through a little bit more. People are, oh, yeah. are purposely not picking up. Or the store's just trying to offload it. Right. Right. So they're trying to move that inventory. All right. So, uh, yeah, I've been, my life has been a whirlwind uh, from, you know, moving and I'm still moving. Uh, and I'll share about that, what I'm looking forward to next week, later on in the episode. I also got in a car accident on my way to the airport <laughs> before I left for my family trip. Wasn't your fault though, right? It wasn't my fault. It was weird. It was so weird. I was in traffic and I'm just sitting there. You know, I'm just, you know, it's nice and peaceful. I'm looking forward. I, I'm, I was going to go meet my friend who's going to drop us off at the airport. And, you know, he's going to take my car for the next few days. And, you know, you hear the... And, you know, usually you don't think it's you, right? I'm just like there. And then I'm like, wait a second. And then I'm looking around. I don't see anything happen. I'm like, wait a second. And then next thing you know, boom. Like, and luckily I had my seatbelt on and I was good. The other car got wrecked. Mm. Like the whole front end, like their car went under my car. I have a Honda Pilot and they had a, a, a it wasn't like a low rider, but it was like a lower import, like mm. Honda, not a Toyota Corolla. And he just, his whole front, and like he couldn't move his car. And so luckily I didn't, you know, uh, I was able to still make my trip. Now I got to deal with the claims anyways. So that's kind of the week it's been in and then traveling. Now, a few things I want to talk about, and I, and I know this is not a travel podcast. Okay. So I, I don't, maybe we should start a segment traveling with pure hustle podcast. Well, I, I will say reselling has allowed me to travel way more than I ever traveled before. I've been to so many more places, uh, for two reasons. One is reselling has allowed me to build the capital to be able to do that. Two is I don't have a boss. So I leave when I want, I set up things when I want. And that's the nice thing about being full time. Now there is also the, the other side of it, right? Where, you know, what happens when I don't list for a while? And I'll talk about that in a moment or, what if, you know, for a reason I have packages that were supposed to be on, I don't get back on time, right? There, there's all these other things too that are tied to it. It's not all, you know, just, you know, passive income and I'm on a beach on my laptop just making sales all day, right? But there's a few things here that I've learned from being a reseller. One is, uh, did you know about the car rental? Did I talk about this last time? How the car rental prices are through the roof? I, yeah, or maybe no, it was on Instagram. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned it on the podcast, but yeah, the car rentals are crazy. I mean, we, we are planning on going in November to Florida and yeah, it's crazy right now. In fact, I read in some places, like I think Hawaii was one of the big ones where the people were renting U-Hauls instead of yeah, rental yeah. cars. It's and crazy. so they had to stop that. They had to like up their prices and change the rules and stuff because you couldn't get rental cars. And I think part of it was um, a big part of it is when, when the, I think we need to stop saying the P word because I think it, it, it hurts us in the algorithm when we talk about, uh, uh, the the thing that happened last year, really, before, the bug where people were getting sick. Yeah, oh. so I think we need to be careful talking about that because I think that that lowers us in the algorithm. Uh, but when all of that happened, uh, a lot of rental companies actually closed. Right, like that was part of the whole Hertz thing, and and so a lot of rental companies closed. They sold their fleet, and then now all of a sudden people are wanting to travel, and there's just not as many cars. Plus, new cars aren't being made as as often right now because there's a, a, a computer chip shortage. So there's a ton of cars just waiting on the factory lines for computer chips. Mm -hmm. and the used car markets through yeah, the roof so too. So the used car markets up. So uh, yeah, those things, like there's trickle effects to so many things that people don't often think about. Yeah. So the only reason I bring this up is because it's because of the reselling community that I did what I did. So I remember going for car rentals and it was going to cost me like $600 for four days. All I was looking for was some kind of SUV because you know, I was going to be staying at different hotels. It was going to be a road trip. 
And a lot of you had contacted me and said, hey, why don't you check out Turo? And we're not paid by Turo. We're not sponsored by Turo. If you want to, Turo, we're here for you. Because I got good things to say. And I got to tell you, reselling just changes your mind. I mean, you become an entrepreneur, right? As a reseller. And, and I've always been adverse to using the term entrepreneur to explain myself. But I guess the more I do what I do, the more I become entrepreneurial. Like I pick up other businesses and I, I do things differently. But I checked out Turo and I was able to get uh, a Honda SUV. I think it was like a CRV. It wasn't like a huge pilot, but for four days for like 280 bucks, nice. which was a deal. And here's the reason why it was a deal. It was fully decked out, all leather, like just car was pristine. I mean, you couldn't get that kind of car. So is, is Turo like a uh, Airbnb for cars? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So nice. this is what's awesome. Here's another stream of income that, I, I, and I know other people do this. I know Daily Refinement, I, Chris has spoken about this. He also runs through and I feel other people do too. Uh, especially if you live in an area that's touristy, right? That's where Airbnbs thrive. This is where this probably thrives, right? And uh, I just thought, remember Resale Addicts? Remember that uh, the teenager that we interviewed? Oh, right. Back? Yeah. Yeah, him and his mom just bought a Tesla to do Turo. Nice. Right? It's like super expensive. But they're getting their payments for that Tesla taken care of through that service. Now, the reason I bring this up is because if it wasn't for the reselling community, I wouldn't have known about it. So I always say, hey, make sure you're on social. Make sure you make connections. You never know, right? You never know how. I have always said this. The podcast has saved us and made us way more money than we could ever make on ad revenue or T-shirt sales or any any merch sales that are coming soon. Because I just think about how much money I saved. And so what was crazy about it is I never met the person. Mm. That's what was weird to me. Like it literally was, I showed up, he was in a lockbox. I, I press the numbers. I get the, I get the key. I take some pictures of the car. I get in my car and I go four days later, I drop his car, put in the lockbox, make sure the car was clean, make sure everything's good. And I leave and that's it. Nice. It was just wild. The other thing I wouldn't have done before. And, and again, I, my mindset is changing a little bit. I'm we're hundred percent Dave Ramsey supporters, like, you know, building, uh, wealth slow and steady is a very wise way and safe way to do it. Uh, right now, you know, speculation is, can be a winning way to make things happen, but it's also a way to lose a lot. It's high risk, high reward, you know, yeah. low risk, low reward. It's I mean, I just think about the crypto market. If you talk, remember I had a, what, four episodes ago or something like I was talking about Ethereum was like at 24. No, it wasn't 24. It was 4,200. Now we're looking at a $2,600 Ethereum. Half, right? Half, right? And, you know, uh, we always talk about having an emergency fund and so on. But the one thing I've always talked about is if you run an Amazon business or you run something where you're buying a lot of inventory and you have the ability to pay for the inventory in cash, it doesn't hurt to get a credit card and get points. Mm. And I'm not, I'm telling you, if you, if you're in debt, I wouldn't do it. If you tried using a credit card and you couldn't handle it, don't do it. But if you're in a place where you can, I hate using this word because I'm not a fan of it. Discipline, right? Yeah. No, speaking of which, since you said the discipline word, I heard <laughs> the best quote from Jocko Willing was, uh, every day you choose between the pain of discipline and the pain of regret. Okay. Yeah. So either That's way, true. there's going to be pain. Discipline is painful sometimes. Or if you don't discipline yourself, there's going to be regret. I think it's a little too black and white for me on that one. Nope. 100%. So anyways, so I've been building, you know, my, my reward points on, on my Southwest Airlines. And I didn't know, this was weird for me. I didn't know I was like an A-list person. 
So I go to the airport, like I don't have to wait anywhere. They just take care of me in security in San Diego. You can just go right to the security lines and priority. And then I had an opportunity where like uh, my flight was delayed, my later flight. And then I had a flight earlier uh, that I was just wondering. I just said, hey, you know, my flight got delayed. She's like, oh, do you want to be on an earlier flight? I'm like, sure. She's like, sure, here you go. And I'm like, oh, I'm in C group. And you know how it is on Southwest. If you're in C group, like it's the worst. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're not C group. You're A list. Just just go on the A, go with all the A people. Right. And I thought for the first time in my life, I'm like having a credit card finally paid off. Like it finally paid off because I was able to get a good fly. I was able to get there early. I was able to get the seats I wanted and I was able to save a ton of time. So this is what I'll say. Think about other avenues. Like there's a lot of people that do cashback rewards with like Rakuten. I think I'm saying that right. Or, you know. They, they're part of other like memberships where like you get certain cash back and so on. Or there's credit cards to get cash back. You can do that with PayPal too. If you're able to, I strongly encourage you to do this. Again, only if you're able to make sure that you are paying off your balances and you're not carrying a lot. Now, there are times I do carry my balance. I carry... Like right now, I'm carrying about two to three months just because I made some major purchases. And then because of my moving... I didn't want to use any cash that I had. And so I put it all on credit cards and I'm going to pay it all back. I'm not worried about that. But man, I got to tell you, I have taken so many trips for free. This whole trip, uh, the airplane you know, trip to Denver to be able to drive up to... Uh, I didn't even talk about where I went. So I went to the Dakotas. I went to Wyoming. And I did the whole Mount Rushmore, Crazy Horse, Badlands, like all of that. I wouldn't have been able to go on those flights for free had it not been without my using those points to be able to do that. Now, again, it did come at a cost, right? The risk was I put stuff on credit and if I didn't pay it off, well, my credit score was going to hurt and I would be in major debt, right? But again, if you're scaling your building, look into it, think about what works for you. And if you can't, don't do it. I just wouldn't do it. I mean, I know people right now that are millionaires that even though they probably could, they just refuse to. And so maybe I have the wrong mindset, but I will tell you, it has paid off in the last two years. Yeah, I mean, we we have a Bank of America cashback reward card and we leverage it like crazy. I mean, they've got to hate us. I mean, but the thing is, there's so many people who aren't like us that, that hold and pay interest. So it, it works out. But every year we end up with hundreds and hundreds of dollars in cashback rewards. So we use that for Christmas time. We pay for mm-hmm. our Christmas cards. We pay for Christmas pictures. We pay for like a bunch of things at Christmas time. And it's like free every year because we just let that build up. And it's like easy peasy. We know every single week we just go through and pay off the balance, whatever's on there. And it's like spending cash, but and it's connected to our bank account. So literally we just transfer it over. It's like the easiest thing in the world to do. And it's like one extra step and we get tons of money. Yeah. So again... I just bring this up because it's tied to reselling. If I wasn't a reseller, I wouldn't do this, right? Because if I was spending my credit card as a non-reseller, it would be on stuff I didn't need, right? I'm only spending it on inventory, okay? And and then the last part. So I did have an awesome trip. Uh, I'll share about that in a little bit when we get to random stories. But I got to tell you, reselling, and I posted this on Instagram, like the reason I resell, there's a lot of reasons, but the time freedom... Right. And the fact that you can pay for, let's say if you, when I was part-time, it paid for my trips to Disneyland. It paid for my trips to Universal Studios, wherever I went. And if there's anything that can definitely get you motivated is taking your kids on a trip that you've never were able to do before because financially you just couldn't handle it from your regular nine to five and going, wow, getting up and going to garage sales, 
right? Packing up those items, right? You know, going out, making those bulk buys, all was worth it because this trip that I had was incredible. It went way beyond expectations. Every location I went was incredible. It was awesome. And I wouldn't have been able to do it had I still been in my nine to five. Uh, and so again, think about why you're reselling. Like if, if and what we're going to have a whole episode about like, what do you do with your profits? But again, you got to think long-term, like you got to think about, Hey, don't just think about, Hey, I'm going to sell stuff for this weekend so I can go out on a date the next weekend. Think about, Hey, maybe I can sell all this stuff so I can have a very nice trip later on. And it is completely debt free. So anyways, I'll stop talking about this. <laughs> what else yeah. is going on with you? All right. So I got a pretty good random story here. Um, so if you remember back, this is kind of like a long uh, saga. I bought a few episodes ago. I bought a uh, like a one of those. What are they called? Bucella, Bucella, the uh, like needlepoint kits. Oh, Bucilla, Bucilla. I think it's called Bucilla. So I bought one of those, and that was that story where the lady didn't want to take my five dollar bill because it had a small rip in it, and she's like, "No, oh, that's right. I, I, I remember won't that. take yes, this." Yes, yes, yes. So I paid $5 for this and I know exactly that's that's what I paid because it was that whole $5 bill thing. And I end up getting a pretty good offer for it. So I had it up for, um, I think like $70 and I ended up getting a, a message from somebody and the message read, let's see if I can actually find the message. I sold it for $50 with uh, shipping. Nice. And let's see, the message thing was pretty crazy. How much did you pay for it again? Uh, $5. $5, okay. Okay, so the... So that's a bolo, by the way. Busilla. Busilla. Yeah, always sure. a pickup. Yeah. Unless Especially it's too if expensive. If they're, if they're not open. And I, I saw some that were selling for closer to 70, which is why we listed it for that. But I mean, I'm not going to turn down a $50 off. No, I paid $5 for. Yeah. So um, I get this message from this person. They said, hello, I wanted to respectfully send you a message first before I make any kind of offer. I'm ready, willing and able to purchase this item via P- PayPal immediately upon your acceptance of my offer. There are two other and then he named some other kits for what they were selling for. Would an offer of $50 be agreeable to you along with your shipping costs? Thanks for reading, taking uh, this offer into consideration. So I immediately respond back and I said, sure, we could do a $50 offer, right? They send the offer, we accept it, they pay, and we ship it out like same day, like right away, right? Then I get this message. Um, They said, thank you, paid via PayPal. Um, This is a gift for someone special. Thank you for accepting the offer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Then I get this one. Hello again. I'm a bit puzzled. I sent you an offer. You sent a reply accepting in a few words. I bid paid ASAP via PayPal and thanked you for the item. I never heard a word of correspondence back from you saying you're welcome or better yet. Thank you for your purchase. You got my payment and shows the item being shipped. A bit of communication or thanks goes a long way, wouldn't you say? LOL. I guess it's just a surprise to me because most always sellers send a nice thank you note after purchase. Maybe I'm just not used to this way. Oh, well, take no offense. Just my observations. Then I get another response from them. It said... It's just so... Ah, strike that puzzled message I just sent. I checked only five minutes ago and didn't see any messages from you guys. But somehow it just slipped into my mailbox on eBay. A glitch, who knows? My apologies for that message. It sounds a bit puzzled. Thanks again for the item. And I'm like... What? First of all, that was not a puzzled message. I wanted to respond and say, I didn't get a message where you sounded puzzled. I got a message where you sounded like a jerk, right? Like, <laughs> because I don't know what more they wanted. Like I, they, they sent, they asked if I'd accept the offer and I'm sorry, I didn't write a novel back. My response was, sure, we could do a $50 offer, right? I didn't think I needed more than that. But part of his thing being upset was 
I only responded back in a few words. Okay. Then he paid and I shipped the item within minutes of him paying it. Right. And then he sends this message about not getting a thank you note, not getting blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, you're buying an item, not a friend. Okay. Like I'm not going to like, thank you so much for buying this item. I hope it goes to a great home and you're going to love it. Send me pictures of it when you're done. Like I'm just not going to do that. Right. Like it, because to me, show me the completed project. Yeah. So, so some people I get that some people um, like, you know, those kinds of things. But when it comes down to it, like when I order something online, like a third party, you know, website or something, or even from Amazon from a third party and you get the like, your item is shipped. Thank you for your purchase. I'm never like, oh, I'm so happy that they sent me a thank you for my purchase. All I care about is did it ship, you know? So I don't know, maybe I'm just too business minded, but I was so shocked when I read that. And I was like, what are they talking about? Like, how am I? So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a good habit to get into just saying thank you for your purchase after every time somebody, uh, somebody buys something. Um, I don't do that. Do you do that? I know. I mean, if somebody messages me something and I said, sure, that works. That's it. Like if they'll mess if they message me again, like I might say, you know, you're welcome or something, but no, like the, your welcome is on the fact that you shipped it right away. Yeah. And I wanted to almost respond to the message and say, uh, you're welcome for your $20 discount. I hope you enjoy your item. Like, cause that's really what it came down to. Like I gave you the item for $20 less than I was asking for it. Um, you know, and again, like, like he said, he saw that the message. So the original message that he sent with a thank you for the item came like 10 seconds. What, before. what if it's a listener? It might be. So if you're a listener, um, you're rude. Wow. I mean, that's just a like, like the way that message was written, like there's no way I could respond to that. Cause even if I were to say, respond to it with like, Hey, sorry for the lack of communication. Thank you. Like, I'm going to sound like I'm just peddling to like, no, 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 you, you didn't do, you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, the, the whole scenario, it is awkward. Like it, it it's, it's, it's not social media. Yeah. It's not, you know, you're not, it's not a text message. It's, it's a business. And so you said, sure, that's fine. Yeah. My favorite part though was uh, you responded in only a few words. Like, yeah, I'll take your offer of $50. Like you didn't need to write, well, you know, the, the hard thing is that buyers don't understand like how many messages and offers we get throughout the day. Right. Like, and I think that's good and bad of eBay. All right. The good part of eBay is that a lot of people understand that it's not Amazon. It's not a big company. It's usually, you know, people like me and you that just have, inventory that we're trying to sell either that's from our home. Most people still think people sell from their home or that people picked up from, you know, garage sale or thrift store or whatever. Right. And so people do like that personal touch. And so I think that helps. The other side is there are people that still think that eBay is a big business. Like I saw a news report the other day and I was going to share it, but I didn't think it, it fit into our episode about, uh, Somebody's like, yeah, eBay, like keep shipping things to my, to the wrong address. And it's like, no, no, it's not eBay. It's the person you're buying from. Mm. And, and the reason why it's being shipped to the wrong address is because you have the wrong address on file. Right. right? But people, you know, a lot, a lot of buyers still don't recognize that. Right. And so, yeah, I, I get messages, you know, the, the best is that that was rude, but I've had rude more, oh, rude. Yeah, yeah. you know, like the, the best one right now is. I have this item that I picked up that I believe is vintage. And I keep getting like, that's a Chinese knockoff. That's garbage. Like you're ripping, you're scamming people. And I'm like, okay, number one, do you have no life? 
Like you could kindly just say, hey, just want to give you a heads up based on certain things. It doesn't look like it's like I'm not getting those kind of messages. I get like really rude messages. And it's like, do they expect me to respond? Like, am I supposed to get upset? Like, is it, are they are they looking for me to respond? Like, I don't understand. Right. And so. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, most of you can relate. And uh, let us know in the comments, do you relate? Like, whenever you get a message, like, I, I'm not a fan of messages. Like, I like hearing the cha-ching. Mm -hmm. And I like hearing, seeing, even, even offers I'm not a fan of. Because what I don't like in your message that you got was that eBay is still enabling people and making people think that a negotiation tactic is, I'm going to pay right away. That's just garbage. Like you should, that, that should be a given that you're going to pay right away. Right. I mean, what, what, what's the other side? Like, I promise if you sell this to me, I'll pay within four hours. Well, that's like, what, what, what are we doing here? Well, to me, that's like when, when you get like offer up or Facebook marketplace where somebody says you're selling something for a hundred dollars and they say, I'll give you $60 cash <laughs> right now. What, what and I'm like, that? well, that's all I accept. Like, I'm not going to accept an IOU. I'm not going to accept doll hairs. Like, of course I want <laughs> cash, hairs. you know, like that's, that's, that's exactly what, yeah. what you're going to be paying with. So if you were to say, I'm, I'll give you $60, I am, I'm assuming you mean cash. So you don't have to add the cash in there as if, I mean, I get it. Maybe there was a time when people paid by check. I don't let us know. Those of you have been reselling for a long time. Was there a time on Craigslist that people paid by check or money order? Yeah. For, for local deals. That'd be pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, so I don't know. So when people add that kind of thing, it's like you, you don't need to you don't need to add that. That's just extra. And it sounds kind of odd. Now, I get it if it's like you're selling a car and then because sometimes people will do like a payment plan where they're like, I'll, I'll, I'll take over the your remaining payments and give you a thousand dollars or something like that. But uh, if it's if I'm selling something for one hundred dollars, you don't need to tell me like cash right now in hand. I'm like, well, anybody who's going to buy this is going to have the cash in hand or they're not going to buy it. So. And the worst is when um, when people send you an offer, they're like, I'll pay you $50, you know, right away. And then you accept it. And then crickets. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways. All right. Let's keep this positive. All right. So uh, thrifting on the road was interesting. So I used to have a perspective and it's still, it's still there a little bit that like, it's good to go on the road because you begin to see things you wouldn't see before. Right. Because you, you you remain curious. Right. It's not like, your normal stops that you make when you're back at home, you know, now you actually have to explore and look for things. But you know what I'm finding is that recently when I go on trips and I go sourcing, I don't do as well as I do when I'm at home. Right. So I went to South Dakota and I stopped at two stores that shall not be named, uh, both in uh, it was Rapid City, South Dakota. The only two that are there, the Great Plains uh, GWs. And I was expecting to find like all kinds of Harley stuff, you know, because, you know, the Surge Rally is nearby. Like I was expecting to find, and I just, I couldn't find anything. I couldn't. So it, it was, it was just kind of surprising to me because I was planning on making a whole YouTube video, you know, I, and I've made it, I, you know, last summer I made a one about going to Colorado, one about going to uh, Sacramento. And this one, I just, all I came out with was one Harley Davidson hat. And again, it's not because I don't know what I'm looking at now. There were a few things I was kind of interested. The fact that I found like five bread makers for like $8. Mm. So the price is definitely different than here. Because out here at the store, I should not be named. They're still trying to sell bread makers for like $40 to $50 at the thrift. 
But there were still items that were high, high price. Like there was a pair of Timberland Pro steel toe boots that they're trying to get a hundred dollars for at the thrift store. And I'm like, what what is going on? Like no one, no one's gonna pay that. Like that's gonna sit there for a long time. So it was kind of interesting because I think I think the reason I didn't score wasn't that there wasn't anything in the store. It's just because I was not familiar and I didn't know where to look. I, I truly believe that's the case because Right now, I could go to pretty much any thrift store in the San Diego area. I mean, there's a handful that doesn't matter how many times you go. There's nothing there. But I will come out with profitable items. Now, will I pay up for some of them? Probably. But I know, like, I know where to go. I know, you know, is it is it jaunts? Is that the word? Isn't there a word, like, to, to explain places that you go to, like, your local places? I'm, I don't know. I, I'm, I just not, thought I'm not I'd, trendy enough for that. I just thought I would ask the English teacher... Um, but anyways, all right, I'm looking up the definition. Here's a new word, a short excursion or journey for pleasure. Okay. I don't think that's what you were looking for. (laughs) I think anyways. All right. So (laughs) I thoroughly enjoy sourcing other places, but what I'm finding is again. And so think about this, a road trip may be worth it. And sometimes it is. And other times it's just good to be home and just go to what you know and pick up items. So let us know in the comments below. Like what what is better for you? Is it better for you just to keep going to the places you know, or is it better for you to explore? Because I'm up in there. I say with retail arbitrage, definitely worth going out there. But when it comes to thrifting and stuff like that, I'm I'm not too sure. I think so. it depends like if you're looking for certain things, right? Like we see we have people that we know who are in, you know, Utah or Colorado, and they're getting Patagonia and North Face and all of that stuff mm-hmm. left and right. Whereas here we're not getting that, you know, so, but we have, you know, Hawaiian shirts. So if you're looking for specific, oh, there were no Hawaiian it, shirts, there. Yeah. like it, zero, it might be worth, you know, taking a trip and, and spending some time going to thrift stores to pick up specific items. Uh, but again, that, that cuts into your, your profit, right? So you got to recognize, yeah, the people who live there have access to that stuff. So their costs go down because they don't have to travel as much. If you're traveling to get it, it's going to be harder to be competitive with those sellers. So you got to try and make what what's in your area work as best as possible. But if you already are going to travel, yeah, you might as well make it pay for itself. Yeah. And unfortunately, this time it didn't, but that's okay. That's okay. Now, let's talk about the A word for a moment. I'm trying to get a sound effect ready. The algorithm. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have that right. The sound effect ready. And the reason I want to talk about Wait, the algorithm. Did you say the algorithm? I did say the algorithm. The reason I want to talk about the algorithm, man, I just fumbled saying algorithm, is because I don't know anymore. I just don't know. You know me. I have been all about the algorithm from like the beginning of the podcast. Now, I do think the algorithm is real, and I do think that listing and shipping, you know, consistently and quickly both help you make more sales. So it's very possible that these last two to three weeks, I would have had double the sales that I had. Right. And we're we're approaching summer slowdown, which I believe summer slowdown is a myth. And we'll have a whole episode about that again. I I do believe it's a myth. Uh, And then Mike's going to talk about, well, we know that in retail, like things do slow down. Like that's the conversation we always have every time. But here's the thing. I have not listed in three weeks. Three weeks. I haven't listed anything. And my sales has still been consistent. Now, I don't say this is because, you know, 
Orlando has sourced well or knows what he's doing. I think it's just because I have a larger inventory. Yeah, larger inventory helps. And the other thing you got to consider, like we we mentioned the algorithm, but the other part of it is just to give simple numbers. If you're listing 10% of your total inventory every week, right? That's or every month. That's how much you you're adding. So if you've got a thousand items in your store, you're listing a hundred items a week or a month or whatever. And you end up selling through let's say five to 10% of the items in your store, as you're adding those items, you're going to see an increase just automatically in your sales because you're Mm -hmm. adding to the number of items that are available to be sold. So part of it might not even have anything to do with any kind of algorithm, but it's just the fact that you're increasing the total number of things people could be looking for on a regular basis. So of course the sales are going to be higher, but if you have those items people are looking for, it's not going to matter, right? Like you could probably do one listing. If you've got a thousand items that people are after and it's like a one, one, like you mentioned your pins, right? Something like that. Yeah. You got a pin that somebody's really after and you got a thousand of them and you do one listing and then you let that sit and you never list anything else for the next couple of months. But if that pin is selling hot, you're going to be consistently selling that pin, right? Because mm. that's what people are buying. And, and it's so I think it, what matters probably more is your sell through rate. And I do imagine that things like shipping speed make a difference because again, eBay is going to want to. Oh, I think I think they all do. I think I would have made a lot more money, right? I really believe that. But it's it's been wild. Like I have a friend of mine, and, and he's probably listening. He knows who he is. He confessed to me that he hadn't listed for like six months, mm. but he had a large enough inventory because he was making he was making money a bunch. Of, he was doing a bunch of retail arbitrage. He was buying baseball card packs. He was making money doing all that stuff. But he kind of just let eBay go. And this is a full time seller, by the way. And his inventory was large enough that he was still having consistent sales. Like it, it didn't, it didn't matter. And so I don't know how long this is going to go on for. Obviously I need to get back to listing and being consistent about it. But I, I will tell you, eBay is one of those things that if you build in a large enough inventory of items that people want, it is a little bit passive. It can be. I mean, there's the active part where now I have a bunch of items I have to pack uh, now that I'm back from vacation. But it's it's been it's been kind of nice because I I was really worried I was really worried because I have spent so much money in the last month so much money I mean we're talking about security deposit first month's rent and then on top of that buying all brand new appliances then going on a vacation you know crypto market's been crazy like it's at fifty percent of what it was a month ago so it's been <laughs> financially. Not, I haven't been stressed, but it's been kind of taxing a little bit. Like, you know, I'm like, all right, this can go on only for so long before I'm going to have to get back to my roots and just start listing like there's no tomorrow, you know? So, so anyways, that's why I encourage you. There's many ways to sell on eBay, but I will say having a large inventory is kind of nice because you can kind of just step back for a moment if you need to step back and sales will continue. All right. Before we move on, I just wanted to share a little bit about American Bubble Boy. Right, prices are going through the roof on everything. You know, I left. You know what was nice about being in South Dakota? What was nice? Gas was two eighty eight. Oh my gosh! I come back here We're to San Diego, four nineteen. But there's one thing that has been a constant, and it's been the low prices at AmericanBubbleBoy.com. That's right, and it's quality stuff, and it ships quickly. Same day, next day. Today depends where you're at. You can even do local pickup if you want, but check them out. AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Uh, there's a link below and uh, we have no, you know, code or anything like that. But if you go through the link, they will know that it's us helps us out. And it also helps you out because you get a great quality product in great time. So check them out. AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Thank you to all of you that keep buying from AmericanBubbleBoy.com using our link. It's really been helpful. 
again, we're not the largest influencers. He even calling ourselves influencers. We're not the largest resellers on YouTube, uh, but we definitely have a large listener base that believes in AmericanBoyBoy.com and has been making a lot of orders. So we're thankful for each and every single one of you. Yeah. All right. Are we ready to talk about some uh, some reseller topics? Things are happening in the world around us. Take it away, Orlando. Wow, that was a short one. Yeah, a little bit shorter. I was waiting for like the... Da, 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 da. Yeah, I run out of like clever things to say throughout the entire thing. So, uh, so you just get this I need to, I need to script it. I need to have like a scripted like anchor like script. Yeah, okay. That's what I need. All right. Okay. Hey, so I want to talk about, first of all, eBay has a reopen report. All right. Right. Because, you know, the P word is over. Mm. For the most part, right, and they're they're basically this is supposed to be according to according to the report that this is real time data and in, in, insights to highlight the categories and styles they see currently trending. So this could help, right? If you're trying to figure out now, I see some of this based on my recent sales, but it's it's kind of generic, but it's kind of not. So I thought this would help. I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, they said about you know luxury items, basically that people are are trying to go out. Yeah, right. No, that's true. Yeah. I mean, especially we're coming up on the summer here. And after having a summer where people didn't get to go out and have, you know, party and go to clubs and all of those things uh, from everything I've been hearing from people, everyone's super excited about this summer. So, yeah, I mean, people want to get dolled up and people want to look like studs as they're going out to have a good time. So, yeah, I could see that uh, luxury items would definitely be in demand right now. So it was kind of interesting. They said that designer handbags are doing really well. Uh, mini purses are doing really well. And also luxury watches, right? And and on the other end, though, uh, basically, what did they title this? Ready for in real life, changing things up below the waist and embracing full body grooming. <laughs> like what? That's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, people. <laughs> that, that's for the eBay reports. I mean, because people have been living the Zoom life, right? And not having to, I mean, just to be real. I mean, people are wearing sweatpants or basketball shorts or whatever with maybe a polo on top for while they're on zoom meetings. And now they're, you know, let's, let's be honest. People probably put on a little bit of weight over this time. Some people, you know, were able to control it, but there was the, uh, the, the 15 to 20 pounds. A lot of people put on just because you're home and you're snacking and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, people are going to need some work pants and well, look at this data. To, look, to look, uh, professional jeans are now up 10 X versus sweatpants. <laughs> And skirts are up 4X versus yoga pants. Uh, it also says, and body hair is getting more attention than hairstyling. Electric shavers are up 2X versus curling curling irons in April. There we go. Interesting. Okay. All right. Now, shoes. I have noticed shoes that have been selling again. And uh, so, again, because people are going out. So, as we know, sneakers, uh, heels. Uh, and then they said, so long, slippers. House shoes continue to uh, slide down 42% since January, which is true because there was a time I could find pretty much any Ugg moccasins and they would sell. So maybe I got to be more careful when I'm sourcing. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then tying the knot, you know, people are, are Ooh, getting men's, married. Men's yep. summer suits are up 108%. Wow. Right. And so, yeah. So some dress clothing. Uh, I don't sell bridesmaid dresses. I don't know many people that do, but maybe you do. Let us know. Uh, and patio furniture and then other stuff like, uh, suitcases are up 140%. Uh, also beach hats are up 47%. Swimsuits are up 20%. And then, uh, home security product sales have doubled since February because people are leaving town. Mm. 
Interesting. So I just thought that was pretty, I thought that was pretty insightful. Now they are saying, this is one thing we're going to talk about here in a moment, uh, that video games are still like video games are still like incredibly selling, right? It's crazy. The video game market, I believe that the, the last year, like has, has gone nuts. So yeah, yeah. Video games are crazy. I mean, people one people being home. I mean, we remember the Nintendo switch, uh, debacle of last oh, yeah. year. You know, oh, nobody but could... things are still. Oh, they said things are still not in inventory, which is true. Yeah, I mean, like, you could still PS5, get... Xbox yeah, One. Yep, those are hard to get. Uh, but we're shifting away from. I mean, especially because I mean, we've gone how long without sports now? Sports numbers are dropping consistently. Uh, people viewing sports, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, but just to be honest, this generation, these younger kids. Fewer and fewer of them want to be outside playing, riding their bikes, building forts, the kind of stuff that I did. And more and more of them are playing video games. And the reality is it's hard as an adult to... It makes me kind of sad, though. I'm a big video game guy. Don't get me wrong. But I had a lot of great experiences. like Being outside. Yeah, being outside, building. Like, I remember when I was into Ninja Turtles, building the dome, like, Mm. with cardboard boxes and, like... I mean, but it's hard because I think we've lost something, right? We've definitely lost something. Um, People don't read as much. We've lost something with that. People because people now want to watch YouTube and, and TikTok and attention spans are down. So we can look at those things and say like our culture has lost something, but there's also things we've gained through that. There are some positives and there's no going back. Like we're not going to go back unless there's some crazy event that happens. An EMP where, that drops. Yeah, there's no more, there's no more, you know, electricity or something. We're not going back and things like esports are going up. I mean, I'm at a, I'm at a STEM school and our school is a junior high and they're they're talking about starting an esports club and i wanted to start one at my previous school i thought it was going to be the next thing and more and more high schools are picking up esports where they're playing things like fortnite they're playing uh league of legends they're playing all these things competitively because there is so much money in that market people are playing smash brothers on nintendo switch Mm -hmm. competitively they're making a ton of money and so it's hard to tell kids like don't do that there's no future in it because the reality is it's kind of like when kids would play sports well are they all going to go pro Absolutely not. But as more and more, you know, esports things go up. So you've got to look at the trends and say, this isn't going away. So how can we capitalize on it? How can we make sure, how can we find our niche in this square? Even if it's, I mean, maybe you're on Amazon and you're selling like shirts and you're making shirts, you know, through the Amazon merchandise and it's like whatever new video games are out and you come up with funny sayings. I mean, there's ways to capitalize on the trends that are happening in the shift in our culture. So that leads me to the next uh, resale topic I wanted to talk about. And it's, and the reason is, is over the last year, like sports cards have been big and I was big into sports cards in the nineties. And then I got burned because the market just tanked. And then after that, I just haven't cared for it. Right. Uh, Pokemon cards have blown up. Right. And I never got into Pokemon. I think I was in college when Pokemon really was getting big and I didn't know anybody that was into Pokemon. So I didn't do that. But you know, I was like, huh, I wonder about video games, right? Because I, I know video games. Like, I love video games, especially Nintendo. Like, I, I mean, that's all I've ever owned. That's all I ever... Well, I have a lot of some PS4s and maybe a PS5 here soon. My son doesn't know yet. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this and I think this is an opportunity that as a podcast, we probably should talk about. And we are... I, I will admit, we are behind on this. Like, I haven't talked about this much. We've talked about, you know, sealed games. We've talked about grading just a little bit maybe but i thought i'd bring this up because you know i'm I'm looking at stuff and the reason i brought this up is i'm seeing more people on instagram that are finding sealed games and getting thousands of dollars for them so i remember like two years ago 
you would find like a sealed video game and you'd be like, sweet, like I'll, I'll get two to 300, right? Or 500, maybe a thousand, right? But now we're talking about thousands, not, not even like thousands, tens of thousands, even past that. And so I just wanted to delve into this just a little bit, just share some knowledge and, and part of the research I looked up. Now there's a, a report from, I don't know what this is called, Action. Um, but uh, basically it was a pretty good article talking about, you know, uh, back in April, right? There was a Super Mar- Nintendo Super Mario's game. I think you might have posted this one on Instagram. Graded as a pristine copy by a video game grading company, Wata or Weta. We'll talk about them a little bit. That sold for $660,000, right? Um, which the previous record was $140,000. There's also some other items that sold uh, back in April. There was a copy of Mega Man. Did you ever play Mega Man? I did, yeah. Love Mega Man. A sealed, sealed copy of Mega Man sold for $144,000. The sealed version of Super Mario Brothers 3 sold for $52,000. Sealed version of Final Fantasy 2 sold for $50,400. Mike Tyson Punch-Out. I love that game. For a hundred and two thousand, right? A sealed red Game Boy version of Pokemon sold for seventy-two thousand. That's crazy. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, how many times in my early recently days did I come across sealed stuff, mm-hmm. right? And I, I I flipped it, and I made a few hundred bucks here and there. But if I just held on to some of that, and no one would have known. Yeah, like who who would have known? I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty when it right? comes to that kind of stuff. So I was looking at this. I'm like, you know. I know video games. Like I know what were the good games. I know what they are. And I also know, uh, you know, basically I understand like the video game world and, and, and a lot of us do, right. Especially if you're in your thirties and forties, those are the games that when we were young, that are selling for good money. So I was like, huh, I want to learn more about this. So let me know if you have any more information in the comments. I just thought I'd share this a little bit because I, you know, I, I was interested in grading. Right. So I know like side hustle network, they've been ahead of the curve on this for like a year. I've seen, I've seen them buying like games like for a while and just getting them graded. I think for uh, their own personal collection, but here, uh, you know, there's two, there's two ways you get graded either through WADA, W-A-T-A. Maybe I'm saying it wrong. If you want to correct me and put a little like long vowel and short vowels on there, let me know. And then there's VGA, which is, uh, stands for video games authority. And here's the thing, just like the baseball card market, just like the Pokemon market, they are swamped. Yeah. You're going to pay a ton of money to have a fast turnaround. If, if you're lucky to be able to pay a ton of money to get a fast turnaround, that's the hard part. So when you get a a game graded, you potentially, it's like buying a pack of cards, right? So like if you buy a Pokemon pack of cards, um, or I play magic, the gathering sometimes if you, the, the the value of the cards inside is usually worth a lot less than the pack cost because there's that the chance of what's in there. The moment you open it up and you see what's inside, and it, it's like that with grading. There's a little bit of a risk because you can you can sell a game ungraded and people will say like, well, you know, I can maybe get it graded or I don't know what the grade is, but you can make good money or you can pay a ton of money. Maybe you pay $500 to get a game graded and you might not be able to get it graded at a high enough grade point where you'll make that $500 back. You might actually lose money by getting it graded. Um, That's the hard part. And then the wait time too. If you're waiting over a year to get a game graded and you spend a couple hundred bucks to get it graded, that's time you could have sold it. And But at the same time... You may lose money, you may not. Yeah, at the same time, if it gets graded and it gets graded well, 
you might be making an extra $10,000 on it. So it's that risk to reward ratio. The hard part is everybody's trying to get stuff graded. And the thing that people don't realize is 99% of stuff is going to come in at like a seven or an eight. If you're really lucky and it's in pretty good condition in order to get something in the nine, 10 level, it's, it's so rare. And that's why they sell for so much is because there's so few of them out there. But I think people have in their mind, this looks like it's in pretty good shape. It's probably worth that. And they don't realize that every little thing, even fingerprints, the oils from fingerprints that shows up in on the paint and over time that'll degrade it. And so the grade drops. So it, it's tough unless you're already in that market. I, I worked when I was young at a baseball like shop that sold baseball cards, um, football cards, that kind of stuff. And, and I helped sell Pokemon cards. And so a lot of the stuff they had then was graded and it was a lot easier to get stuff graded back then. But I've seen so many cards that are, you know, graded at a six, graded at a seven. And after you've seen so many of them, it's easier to look at something and say, this is probably about that. So if you can eyeball it, you know, and you know that it's going to be worth a lot. But if you have no idea, maybe have somebody who already has some graded stuff, check it before you pay to send it in. Agreed. Agreed. And so I'm going to go to Mike uh, for my stuff. But <laughs> so it's interesting because so Video Games Authority, they grade from 10 to 100. Right. And then WADA grades from one to 10, like you said, uh, and their prices do differ based on speed. And so you can you can look this up. I mean, I maybe we'll put a link. I'll put a link in the description. Uh, basically, I thought it was a great article. It says where to get video games graded WADA versus VGA uh, is made back in February. And it's interesting because when I went to their Web pages, both of them were like, we are swamped like this one due to the high volume. This is from WADA. Due to the high volume orders that we've been receiving, we are temporarily changing our service tiers and estimated turnaround times effective immediately. So Warp Zone was the fastest, uh, but it says Warp Zone orders are temporarily unavailable. We hope to make it available soon, right? So that was one where you could get things turned around in seven days. Their lowest tier was Turbos, which is 120 business days. I didn't know it would take that long. See, I, I'm, I'm trying to learn all this. And then same thing uh, with Video Game Authority. Uh, and so there some, some tiers are not allowing to be graded. The reason I say all this is maybe you haven't been tracking with all this. Maybe you've been like Orlando where, well, I mean, I will say Mike and I do not come across the Nintendo stuff pretty much at all. Yeah. It is very rare. And if it is, it's like usually like just like junk, trash, right? It's trash. But the reason being is because it's becoming more scarce. Right. And so now, you know, even if you find a new inbox with the manual, with the box, with the case it comes in, all that together, you can get those graded too for good money. So just something to think about. And again, if you have one of these pieces that are new and sealed, you got to treat these items as if like there's something you would put in a safe deposit box. Like if you sell it, I, you know, I, I, my rule, I have talked, I was talking to Mike before the podcast, anything that I sell for over 5,000, which hasn't been many, I would fly out to, I would fly, I would get a notary. I would be at a bank. I would make sure that there's evidence that what you sold, the person is in your hand because you may get it insured, right? But if it gets to the person and the person does a switcheroo or the individual, you know, whatever it is, like it's your word against theirs. When you're dealing with something that's in the thousands. You got you got to have a public uh, official record of it. Like there, there has to be that that you to protect yourself because insurance can only go so far, right? So, anyways, that's my uh, my little lecture on that. But yeah, man, I got to tell you, I mean, the most expensive thing I th I think I've shipped out was two thousand, and even then, that was kind of sketch for me. A little scary. Yeah, but it's okay. It was it was a camcorder, so I wasn't like super super worried about it. All right.
along with that, talking about grading and so on. So they, I'm excited because eBay has now opened up their card game singles feature, you know, like where you put your e- open the eBay app. Yep. Right now they're adding now they have Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards added to the mix, which is great because I have a stack of Pokemon cards that I haven't done anything with. And so now I'm going to go through them and it's really easy. You just open the eBay app, listen item. And then, uh, you know, you type whatever the keywords are and then search it with your camera and it'll find it. And then it'll, you know, put everything that you need in there. Now, obviously, you got to, you know, double check, make sure everything's good. But, you know, I'm going to be doing this. I'll give an update uh, about this in our next update episode, which will be not next week. It'll definitely be two weeks from now about what happened with all the Pokemon cards that are listed. Um, There's a part of me like I kind of. I, I ship out fragile stuff all the time, but cards I always worry about. Like I know you, you put in a sleeve, you cardboard it, and mm. you do all that. But I gotta, I don't know. It's just even with grading. I even like I was gonna send in cards to get graded, and I'm like, it's kind of scary. Like, what if something happens in transit? So I don't. Let us know. Have you been able to use the new eBay app function with those kind of cards? Did you find it to be really functional? Did you find it to be sluggish? Uh, let us know your thoughts and video game grading. I'm interested. Like, have you guys come across stuff? Have you had stuff graded? Because we're in a we're in an interesting time. Yeah. I think about how many opportunities that are out there. Yeah. And and the hard part too, like again, these are the types of markets that are going to be up and down, just like the card market or Beanie Babies or any of those things, because there's there really isn't any more intrinsic value in the game other than the fact that it's rare and it hasn't been touched and the collectors are after those things and when the economy is doing well or when there's a lot of free time which i feel like which we, is crazy because we're not doing well well we're not doing well now but the thing is there's been so much free time right so yeah people at home and they're trying to collecting things is one way where people feel like it's a it's a hobby that that consumes time and it, they people feel like they're achieving something, they're unlocking something, just like a video game. It's like you get the next thing in your collection. But if we are moving towards inflation or moving towards harder times, these are the first things to go. Because if if you do want a video game and things are really bad, you don't care whether it's graded, new, you want to play it, right? But when things are going good, it's easier to you know say, I want to have this really expensive version in my house, but it doesn't have any more actual intrinsic value other than it's perceived rarity because there's not many in that condition. So again, you're not going to play that game. So the hard part is these things are doing well now, but probably a year or two from now, we might be talking about, yeah, I remember when video games were selling really well or basketball cards. So it's fine if you can get in on the the start, the wave, like ride the wave in, but at some point it's going to end and maybe not. Maybe we'll look back five years from now and say, it just keeps going up, but I can't see that happening. I think, I think, see, I think video games will be different. Just because it's it like, I think the card market, we've seen the card market go up and down. I don't know. Have we ever seen the video game market like ever explode? Like, in the, I don't think in the 2000s, like, I mean, I don't remember going, oh yeah, if only I had the power glove in its box, right? That never happened. I don't know. We, I, I do believe that video games are going to be here to stay for a long time. Like you had mentioned about the, the idea of esports becoming more popular. I think it's just a whole cultural shift. Right. And I, and even when there's hard times, not everybody is going through a hard time. I mean, we're seeing that right now after everything we went through this last year, there's a lot of people that actually ended up better off uh, because of what happened. And there are a lot of people that are struggling. Right. And so uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm interested. Right. Because, you know, I was about to ask you, like, do you think it's going to be a hedge against inflation to have graded video games? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. But maybe. 
I mean, I mean there, there, if it ends up being like art, I mean, art is one of those things that's hard because again, it comes down to what people are after and is it valuable? Did you get the right things, the right ones? Did you save the right ones? Uh, but art is one of those things too, that typically it, it, it protects pretty well against inflation. If you've got a good piece from a good artist, um, and it's in good condition, it'll probably sell and hold its value. Um, but it's like cars, right? Like certain cars will, if it's a classic, it's certain, most cars don't. And so you've got to be careful. Um, I would say there's sure bets if you're trying to hedge against inflation, like if, and I'm not suggesting that anybody should do this, but if you really not financial advice, no, but if we really are moving towards hyperinflation, it's actually really smart for people to take out huge loans and we're not for debt at all. But if you think that the value of the dollar is going to be half of what it is now in the next 10 years, you might as well take out a $200,000 loan because that's going to be much less later, right? Like the money now will be worth more. You can buy stuff with it. You can use that money to invest in things like real estate, which isn't going to go down over time. And a you know $100,000 loan 10 years from now might be like chump change compared to what it is right now. Mm -hmm. It's like houses. I mean, we've mentioned this before, but you know, when you talk to people who who bought a house 20, 30 years ago and they talk about their mortgage payments like $200 or $300. That's it's so like, wild. that's that's amazing. But at the time when they bought it, that was a pretty good bill, right? Like that was like, this is this costs a lot of money. And so that's one of the ways you can kind of hedge against inflation is you take out the loan now at low enough interest rate. And if inflation outpaces the interest on your loan, you actually end up gaining equity as inflation goes up because your property value goes up. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So anyways, just want to give you a heads up about video games, like definitely worth if you're sourcing and you see Neon Box, definitely look worth look a pickup, uh, worth look a pickup. It's worth, worth looking look up. a pickup. <laughs> it is. It is. Because uh, things are changing. I wonder if it's going to go into other video games. You know what I mean? Like in the sense like Atari. Atari is not one that like has any value to me. I don't. Like I've, how many times have we seen Atari sets? Like I got the whole complete 2600 and all these games and you look it up and it's like, eh, that's not worth very much. Right now there are some Atari games that are worth money. Right. And we've had some hustle the weeks that of like PC games that were worth ton of money. Okay. So, so keep an eye. It's kind of for like our bolo. Yeah. Right. Maybe we should, since video game market keeps going up, maybe we should start a pure hustle podcast video game stream where we're playing video games and talking about reselling and it's just us playing the game. Like uh, Twitch, like a Twitch. That'd be that'd be kind of. I mean, because it would be a couple of older guys who don't know anything about. Like we, Orlando says he's a big gamer and knows about video games, but he's talking old school games. Oh, like I'm he, talking about old school. Yeah, yeah. He's not, no. he's not playing CS:GO no, and, no. and even Call, Call of Duty. Duty no, like no, that's not me. Like I just I don't. Maybe maybe that's our thing. So it's a couple of guys who really are terrible at video games, and we just play and 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 suck really bad. And uh, and talk about other things. People can laugh at how bad we are at video games. And then uh, the only way that would be a win is if we were one of the people the, like Mr. Beast recently that like, gave people like barely any viewers one hundred thousand dollars. I think that's the only one we would have. I don't know. Let us know what video game do you want to see Orlando play? All right, all right. Hey, uh, before we get moving, uh, if you haven't had a chance yet to follow us on social media, we are Pure Hustle Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and we are also Pure Hustle Cast on Facebook and Twitter. I do want to add an asterisk. If you want to get a hold of us and contact us, Instagram is the best place. So unfortunately, and fortunately, we keep growing. But the problem is there's only so many of us to get back to messages and comments. So you notice if you're on the Facebook side, like we have not been super active on Facebook for a while just because it's been so tough because 
keeping things going on Instagram has been tough and keeping things going on TikTok. And so maybe one day we'll have a, you know, Pure Soul podcast media and we'll be able to hire out a couple people to do all that. But right now it's just, it's, it's really hard for us. So, but give us a follow. We really would appreciate that. You can always give us a call 619-738-1170. That's 619-738-1170. We do have a couple of calls on the hopper that we'll have in a future episode. We're just still, even with the studio, we're still like kind of adjusting it and yep. getting things back to normal. So once we're settled, we'll be able to go 100% on everything again. Also, you can shoot us an email at podcast at gmail.com. That's podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we are grateful for all the reviews on iTunes. Really grateful. You know, I haven't looked in a while. Let's let, let's see where we're at. Yeah. Because. So, yeah, we love when you send um, a review. I mean, any review helps us. Uh, but when you actually take the time to write something, uh, we read those and it. It gives us the motivation to keep going, um, gives us the the fuel that we need to keep pumping out these episodes because we know we're making a difference in people's lives. So we're at 447 and people are still writing reviews, even though I, I feel distant from the community right now. Just because, you know me, on Instagram, like I'm posting three, four times a day, it's stories every day and I just haven't had a chance to do that. You know, if I'm not doing that, then things are busy because... Even when I'm out FBA sourcing, I still find the time, but it's been crazy. So I just want to share the last two, which has been pretty awesome. Uh, so we, oh no, so we had one recent one. So it's been kind of slow, <laughs> uh, but we're still the most rated podcast out there for reselling. Yeah. Uh, so thank you. Diane's dream said, I just started listening, been selling forever and thought I knew it all. Learning so much on this podcast. Thanks guys. Nice. So thank you so much, Diane Stream. Hey, let's get uh, let's get that 500 club moving again. Yeah, let's get to. So you've got a very limited amount of time to leave a review and make it into the 500 club, <laughs> right? Because you're going to look back and we're going to be at 10,000 reviews. And some of you are going to say, like, I was one of the first 500 to leave a review on Pierre's Pocket. I, you'll be OG. So don't miss that opportunity, right? Like you, you don't want to be one of those people that say, like, I, I had a chance to buy Bitcoin when it was cheap. You don't want to be one of those people that say, I had a chance to, to review Pierce podcast when they were still just those young guys. I, I don't know if it's the same value as Bitcoin, but we're going to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, also, by the way, uh, one of our sponsors is Skullshaver.com. And I will say it was great to be on the road with Skullshaver. Not, not that I was like on a tour with him, but I was on the road and I needed to shave my dome. Yeah. And I actually tested it down to 0% battery mm -hmm. and it still was solid. Yeah. I mean, it was great. So it, it kept me looking smooth and clean when I was out uh, for all those photo shoots that I was doing with my boys at uh, Mount Rushmore and the Crazy Horse Memorial on the Badlands. It was a great time. Uh, so if you haven't had a chance yet and you're trying to find a way that you can actually keep that clean look on the road, uh, schoolshaver.com. Code is pure, P-U-R-E. That's schoolshaver.com. Code is pure. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Oh, we're ready. Got a lot of good ones this time too. Bolo, 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 What's your bolo? Yeah. All right. So my bolo is um, maybe a little different, um, and I, I want to make sure I'm sensitive when I'm talking about this. But um, I find a lot at garage sales. There's oftentimes uh, phone equipment or household equipment for those who are hearing impaired, and sometimes for those who are um, maybe have vision impairment. And specifically things like cell phones or not cell phones, but phones that are like, will print out in text. Oh, the right? big buttons. Yeah. Or so that would be for like the vision impaired. Okay. Um, and then they have ones for uh, those who have, uh, are hard of hearing. They have 
ones where when people are talking, it'll automatically put it in as text and then they can actually type and it will like do a voice back to the person okay. from the things they type. And I see these, I would say at least once a month I'm at a garage sale and I see these things. And a lot of times they're still new and in box or, or hardly used. And I think it's because uh, people will buy them for family members maybe as they're getting a little bit older and they want them to still be able to have access to, you know, communicate with their family. And we know how it is. Not all the time you buy something for a family member that they could use. So they actually end up using it. Mm. Right. So, um, I mean, it's just like, you know, my, my mother-in-law's she'd, she'd hate me if she heard that I was talking about this, uh, but she's needed hearing aids and she finally got hearing aids, but a lot of times she doesn't have them in. And so it's like, why don't you have your hearing aids in? And, um, it's been a game changer for her. it really helps her. And so, these things, if you can get them, there's a huge market for them. They sell really well, again, because people are buying them for family members a lot of times or maybe for themselves, and they don't want to spend a ton of money because th this technology, a lot of times, this is almost like, I don't want to say medical equipment, but it's it's for you know that a community that would be you know maybe needing medical equipment. And for whatever reason, this stuff, people just, companies mark up like crazy. Mm -hmm. Something that shouldn't cost too much, like, a, like you can buy a phone for... 20 bucks at target and then technology that's not much different, but a little bit different. And it's like, this is a thousand dollars. And it's like, well, you know, I almost feel like maybe the market's smaller. So they have to have their prices up in order to make it worth, you know, manufacturing this, this equipment, but it, it stinks. So people will buy this stuff secondhand. And when I find these things, they sell really well, they sell pretty quickly. And yeah, I find these like telephones, um, the telefax phones that you can type in, uh, for those, you know, who are hard of hearing. And, and so if you see these, don't be afraid to look them up and pick them up because they, I don't keep them on my shelves very long. When I buy them, I can usually get them pretty cheap. They're oftentimes at estate sales or garage sales. Um, and maybe it's because the family member passed away or they didn't use it very often. And this stuff does really well. So check it out, pick them up. And um, you can also kind of feel like you're helping the community because instead of having to buy something new for hundreds or thousands of dollars, they can get it used secondary market for under $100. And who knows whether the person's going to use it or not. And so it's a good way. I mean, if you're ever buying something for somebody, that's kind of the way to do it. And it's like, well, then if they use it a ton, then we'll buy them the higher end model or something like that. Mm -hmm. So definitely look at um, buying that type of stuff. So phone equipment, specifically for those who are, are uh, hard of hearing or have some kind of vision impairment. No, I agree. And I wanted to add to that, like TV ears. Have you ever picked up TV ears? Yep. Yep. Like those are, those are good money. If you can get them at a good cost, you can get a nice profit and they sell pretty quick. And I, I you know, I came across, I think like two years ago, like 20 of uh, these uh, wired speakers. I wish they were the wireless ones, but they were wired. And I paid $60 for like, I think it was about 20 of them. And I've consistently for the last two years been selling all of them for 70 to hundred a piece. Mm. So yeah, check it out. TV ears, it could be a bunch of stuff. It could be speaker. It could be things that you put in your ear. It could be a transmitter. Just check them out. So all right, my uh, bolo, I've shared cowboy hats before, but I wanted to get a little more specific uh, because I think people, uh, and not people, I hate using the word people. I think sometimes we as resellers miss things, uh, but there's a really good giveaway as to whether a certain kind of, not even cowboy hat, a certain kind of hat is worth picking up. And if it has a number and an X next to it, right? And so what I mean, what I'm talking about is beaver felt cowboy hats or regular hats. Right. And usually the brands that you're looking for is Stetson. That's a given. Like anytime you can find a Stetson for, I would say even under $20, that's vintage, that's Beaverfelt, definitely worth picking up. 
if you find a Resistol hat, you don't get as much money for Resistol as you would a Stetson, but still worth it. And then there's another brand, uh, which is more a contemporary uh, by Nick Fouquet, F-O-U-Q-U-E-T. And I have not found, this is like one of those grill hats I'm looking for, but retail, these hats are like $1,000 to $2,000. Uh, but they do have a good resale value. Now, this is what I want you to look at when you're looking at it's Polo, right? Usually there's an X to it. So like if there's a 5X, it's money, but it's not as much as a 100X. So 5X usually means that it's 5% beaver uh, fur felt, which means it's waterproof, but it's mixed with like rabbit fur, hair, uh, different, you know, species. Uh, but if it's like 50 X, that means that it's 50% beaver. And if it's a hundred, it's a hundred percent beaver. Right. And which the price goes, I think I've seen a thousand. I don't even know how it's possible. Maybe people are just marking it up. Uh, but the higher the X, the more money in those hats. So definitely keep an eye, especially now that summer's happening and, and you know, things are reopening and people, I mean, I was actually, when I was in Wyoming, I was hoping to go to a rodeo. Unfortunately, the rodeo in Casper was until I think like August or June or late July or something. Uh, but people are going out. So people are looking for cowboy hats, right? They're looking for items that as a result of broken down supply chains, they couldn't normally go to a Western wear shop. And it was kind of interesting. I was in a wall draw drug, South Dakota, which wall drugs is like a tourist trap in South Dakota. Mm. Like you'll see signs for like hundreds of miles. And all it is is a place that just tries to, it's a huge, just there's all places to buy stuff. Like that's all it is. But I went in there and I looked at like they had, I'm always interested because I always want to know how much Western work costs, right? Cause I sell a lot of coral boots, Tony Lama, Lucchese, like all those, the retail price on those items are just insane. And I was sharing with my son. I said, son, this is why I sell Western wear because People want this. Like I found a pair of boots that I sold for like, I think a hundred something. And they were valued like at four to 500. And I said, this is why people are willing to pay this much. He's like, I need to get into boots, dad. I'm like, yeah, you probably should. And there's a lot of money, but same thing with cowboy hats, right? Getting a new Stetson, especially the higher, the beaver felt quality is going to be a lot of money. I mean, we're talking about like a thousand dollars, depending on the hat, or they could get it on eBay for one or 200 that you picked up at a garage sale or at the thrift for five to 10 bucks. So keep an eye out for beaver felt cowboy hats. Nice. All right. What are you looking forward to Mike? So a uh, few things. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, got a baby shower coming up this weekend. So I've got some family coming in. My mom's going to be in town. So uh, I'm kind of excited about that, but that's also going to mean the baby shower is on Saturday. It's um, I'm not going to be going to the baby shower, but I've got to watch my son. So it's probably not going to be a sourcing day, uh, but it'll be a good day to just kind of hang out with my son. I'm trying to do a lot of special things with him before the baby comes because mm-hmm. it's going to rock his world, I think, a little bit. Um, so we're excited about that. And then um, also excited about, um, I mean, it's getting closer and closer. When we originally ordered our shed, like the initial date they were willing to come out was like, the end of May and I was still in school and I wanted to be home. And so I was like, you know, let's push out to end of June. And then we ended up having to leave the place we were at with all my inventory sooner. And so I'm like, man, I wish I would have just done it in May. Mm. So I'm kind of counting down the days of getting this shed built. And, uh, it's going to be a game changer. I think once I finally have this shed built, uh, but I've got a lot of things I have to do ahead of time. So I have to level out the ground within four inches and the ground is mostly level, but I still think it's going to be a good you know, four hours of work to get it to the within four inches so they can come out and build a shed. Uh, Cause the last thing I want is it not to be level enough and then get like an extra, you know, 
$500 charge or something yeah, for yeah, them yeah. to have to do some work. So uh, I've got some work to do ahead of time to get ready for that. And so I think my, my sourcing is going to slow down this week. Uh, but then after I get through this week, I'm coming in towards summer, the middle of June, I'm going to be out of school and then I can really kick it into high gear with sourcing. So it's a bit of a bummer because summer slowdown. I feel like even garage sales in the summer drop a little bit because mm-hmm. of the heat. Nothing. So, um, so it's going to be a little bit uh, challenging as far as that goes, but I'm going to have the time to do some sourcing and, um, you know, kind of excited about that. What about you? So I'm, I'm about the same place as you are as far as, you know, ready for storage. So. I'm in phase two of my moving. Actually, I'm like in phase 1.5. Like I still have a ton of unpacking to do in my new place, but I still have a storage unit. So I went to my storage unit place and I worked out. I, I didn't know you could do this. So it's not that I worked out a deal. It's just, I guess it's how things work. So you can actually, you actually have where I'm at, you have 10 days from after your time expires or after your payment is due uh, to move your stuff out. Right. And then each day that you're there after that final day, they charge you a prorated amount. And then if you're there over the 10 days, you know, you end up on storage wars or something, or you end up getting charged the next month. Right. And so I was able to work it out. I now have an extra 10 days to get stuff moving. So I need to get stuff out of certain places on my property uh, and to normal spaces. So I can then, you know, organize those and make them eBay spaces. So I'm looking into getting that done. Uh, it's going to be a lot of work. It's not like I, I just I don't want to hire people to move stuff because I have a lot of, you know, good inventory. And I just, you know, I just I don't feel comfortable. You know me. So I'm looking forward to getting all that moved, everything, everything organized. I mean, it's already been really nice because I have some of that stuff already moved. And when the item sells, I don't have to go to a storage unit. I just go walk, you know, 50 feet and it's there. And and so I'm looking at I'm trying to get a shipping station put together at my place. I'm trying to get a photo area put together. I'm trying to get storage rearranged. But I'm also trying to get it done where like if I have people over, like I don't want them to know I saw an email, but they're going to know anyways because I have like, I know we talk about kitchen cabinets, okay? How I had stuff on top of kitchen cabinets. But I do have like these nice glass cabinets. I have nothing to put in there. So I thought I'd put my, uh, you know. Your collectibles? My collectibles in there. Nice. You know? So even Freddy Funko, uh, my big Freddy Funko I guess you call it a statue. We call it my my idol, whatever you want to call it. I got to find a place for that too at, at where I'm at. So, anyways, I'm looking forward to just finally, finally feel, feeling settled, uh, being able to go all in again on social media, appears a podcast and everything going on. Uh, but it's it's been interesting. So, and I'm also tempted to leave again, go on vacation. Oh man. So you got the bug. You got the travel bug. I do. Dude, podcast travel I was, edition. It was four days like being able to be completely free of anything on my face and just enjoying nature. It's kind of nice. So, anyways, hey, hope you're all having a great time this summer. You know, keep listening, keep selling. Uh, I think the secondary market's only going to get better as time progresses. I don't see a slowdown, so we'll see what happens. But thank you for all of you. Thank you for tuning in. And with that being said, make sure to be real. Be relevant. And be reselling. Late. Peace.